This is the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast, and I'm your host, Brian Briscoe. Now, this podcast is designed for the aspiring apartment investor and literally gives them the opportunity to ask the questions that will help them get to the next level. So if you're an aspiring apartment investor, this podcast is for you. Now, this podcast is brought to you by the Tribe of Titans Multifamily Educational Community. It's your one-stop shop for learning how to succeed at apartment investing. Hey, everybody. This is Brian Briscoe, the director of the Tribe of Titans and host of the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast. Today, I want to answer one question that I, a lot of people have been asking recently. It's how does a capital raiser make money in an apartment syndication? Well, first of all, you know, just asking that question puts me on a little bit of a slippery slope, and I'll explain why. You know, when we talk about capital raisers, you know, there, there's the idea that's perpetuated that somebody can just raise capital and bring that into a deal. However, that's not entirely the case. You know, there are broker dealer laws in the country that make it so that you can't just be a broker. You can't just take money from one source and hand it to another source and get paid for it unless you have certain licenses, right? So in order to, to raise capital legally, you have to have more than just you know the responsibility of raising capital inside the syndication, right? So inside the general partnership of the syndication, you have to be doing more than just raising capital. And just a good tip is every time you get into a syndication, you know, make sure you're getting the advice of a real estate attorney to ensure that you're compliant with the broker dealer laws. All right. Now that said, let's assume that you're part of a GP where capital raising is one of your responsibilities. Now let's look at how and when you you make some money. All right. In a general syndication, you know, the, the general partners are going to split certain incomes. You know, a lot of the incomes are fee incomes, and some of the income comes just from um, a promote or, you know, carried equity in the property. And there's also, you know, the, the GP can also put their own capital in the deal as well. So first of all, the first place where most people are going to get paid is going to be at closing. And typically most syndicators are going to put an acquisition fee into the deal. So one to three percent, depending on the size of the deal. You know, with smaller deals, typically, you know, the, the fees closer to that three percent, you know, as a deal gets larger and larger and larger, that uh the fee goes down. Let me backtrack a little bit. You know, every operating agreement is different. So generally the GP members are going to split the in- income based on their percentage ownership or their percentage of GP shares. Okay. So it's just a pro rata across the board. If you have 20% of the GP, you get 20% of the income that comes to the GP. So, you know, generally at close, there's this acquisition fee, one to 3% of the purchase price and the capital raiser, so to speak, or the, the GP member that we're talking about will earn a certain percentage of that acquisition fee. Now, something else that happens, and this is while you operate the property, there's an asset management fee that's usually one to 2% of the gross income. All right. Now, if you're a capital raiser and you have other duties that do not include asset management, you're probably not going to get this fee. All right. However, once again, every syndication is set up based on what the, the lead sponsor wants to do. And this fee can be distributed to the entire GP pro rata, or it can go to the person who is doing the asset management. 
All right. Now there's also cash flow during ownership. And it depends on, once again, how the deal is set up. If it's a straight split, aka, you know, 75% of all income goes to the, the limited partners, 25% of all income goes to the general partners, you know, then 25% of all of the cash, all the distributions to the investors will go to the GP. And once again, you know, as a GP member, you know, you'll get a split or a certain percentage of the money that comes off of the property. Now, if there's a preferred return involved in this, you know, you'll get a percentage that comes off the property above and beyond the preferred return to investors. And right now, I think the standard preferred return is usually about 8%, which means the the investors will have to make over 8% before you get a penny from the property's cash flow. In a lot of cases, that doesn't happen. They, that 8% mark isn't met until the deal sells. You know, there, there are some cases where it does work out well. Next thing we'll talk about is another set of fees. There are various transaction fees that can be built into the, the deal itself. So there could be a, a fee for a refinance. So if refinance is part of the business plan, um, the GPs could charge a, a fee to go through the refinance process. There, there could also be a fee at sale. You know, usually these fees are one half to you know a full percent of the transaction price. All right. I typically don't like to put these types of fees in because it doesn't necessarily align the interests between the GPs and the LPs. I mean, if the GPs are going to get a, a large fee for refinancing and it may not be the best thing for the, the limited partners, you know, interests are not aligned. But that aside, you know, we'll talk about at, at the end, you know, when, when you sell an asset, that's typically the, the next large piece of income that a GP member is going to get. All right. And once again, it depends on the splits. It depends on how the ownership structure is set up. You know, if there's a preferred return, you know, once the um, members earn the preferred return, the investors earn that preferred return. Uh, a lot of times there's a straight split after that, where a certain percentage goes to the GP, a certain percentage goes to the LP and whatever your percentage in the GP is likely going to be the percentage you earn of that GP share. There's slightly more complicated structures where there are different hurdles uh, or you have like a waterfall where you know there, there's a certain split up to a, a certain percentage going back to the investors and whatnot. But regardless, you know, when the property is sold, you know, after the equity is returned, there's going to be something in the operating agreement that says how the money is split between the LPs and GPs and how the money is split inside the GP. All right. So in general, those are the main ways that any GP member is paid. Capital raisers included, provided once again that they are doing more than just capital raising. So you know, real quickly to review, there's the acquisition fee right up front. There's an asset management fee that they can take part of. There's a property cash flow during ownership. There's various transaction fees that can be built in. And then there is the um the proceeds at sale, you know, which um Typically, the, the two largest events, two largest paydays that a GP member is going to get is the acquisition fee and the proceeds at sale. Now, let's make some assumptions while doing this so we can see some actual dollar amounts. All right. Let's say it's a relatively small property purchase price of $5 million and bought it a four cap. So it has a gross annual income of roughly $400,000. All right. Let's say you own 20% of the GP shares. And that there's just a straight 75-25 split between the investors and uh, the passive investors or the limited partnership and the general partnership. So if at closing the acquisition fee is 
you know, 3%, you know, 3% of 5 million is 150,000. All right. If you come in and you're 20% of the GP, you're going to get 20% of that $150,000, which is going to be $30,000 at close. Okay. It's a really nice payday. All right. A uh, really nice payday, but you know, it's not life-changing money. Now, while the property is operating, you know, let's say there's a 2% asset management fee, and we're just going to assume for kicks and giggles that, you know, everybody's going to share, you know, pro rata that asset management fee. So the gross annual income of 400,000, you know, 2% of the gross rents, you know, that's a whopping $8,000 to be shared among the GP. All right. Not a lot of money. If you're a 20% um, GP member, that's, you know, roughly $1,600. All right. Spread over 12 months, you're getting, you know, 100, 150 bucks a month. You know, 125, I think is the number. All right. So not a whole lot. The cash flow during the ownership, you know, this can vary. You know, typically we're, we're, we're seeing return to the investors, you know, somewhere between three and 5% year one on the, on the value adds. But, you know, making, making up some numbers, you know, let, let's say that the property cash flows, you know, $50,000 a year. Um, you know, in this case, you know, it's a 75-25 split. If there's $50,000 a year that this gets distributed, you know, 12,500 is going to the GP, that's 25%. And then 20% will be going to you as the 20% GP member, which math in public, that's $2,500. All right. So between the cash flow off the property and the asset management fee, you're looking at about $4,000 a year off of a $5 million property. Now, at the end, you know, if, if you have a transaction fee built in when you sell it, you know, 1% of the sales price, you know, if it's a seven or $8 million sale, hopefully it's an $8 million sale, you know, $80,000 gets distributed in addition to the GP share. Um, you know, once again, I don't like putting that, that fee into any of the deals that I do. Um, it's nice for us, but it just takes away from the investor. And I think personally that, you know, the GP should earn the money, um, not through fees, but through the operations and through, you know, buying something that has value. All right. So finally, let's say that the property is, is um, sold at $5 million, however long it takes, you know, you return the member capital back, you pay off the loan, you know, you got a couple million, you know, two and a half million, we'll say to distribute. Um, and at a 75-25 split, you know, 75% of two and a half million is, you know, about 1.8 million. And then the GPs are going to share about 600,000. So if you're a 20% owner of that 600,000, you're making a low six figure payday. So all in all, you know, what, what you get is 20% ownership, $30,000 in the acquisition fee, $1,600 a year from the asset management fee, maybe $2,500 a year in the cash flow coming off the property, we're going to round up, we're going to round and call that 4,000 a year. If you hold a property for five years, you know, 4,000 times five is 20,000, you're up to 150. Um, and then if you just split that 600,000 between the GP, you're making about 120. So the answer is over five years, about 150 to $170,000, depending how you know, how well the property performs. Now you kind of look at that and break it down by year. You know, what is that per year? You know, $30,000 a year. One property is not going to make anybody rich, you know, and 20% GP in one property is not going to make anybody rich, not life 
changing money, um, but it definitely does help. Now you string several of these deals together, and you know, let's say you are you know GP on multiple deals every year. You you maybe you're you're a GP member or 20% GP member on four or five deals per year, you know, you can start stacking these things up and that's a way to start making really good money, you know, but once again, it's, it's a windfall, typically an acquisition and it's a windfall on the back end, typically a sale. Um, and in between, there's just this little teeny trickle from the property cash flow and the asset management fee. Anyway, hope that answers questions, but you know, how does a capital raiser make money in an apartment syndication? There's there's lots of different ways, lots of different levers. And ultimately, it's going to depend on what the, the lead sponsor puts into the operating agreement. And if you're coming in as a capital raiser, obviously, you're going to have to perform other duties as well. But you need to be aware of what is in that agreement. So questions to ask, what's the acquisition fee? Am I going to take part in it? What's the asset management fee? Am I going to take part of it? And if you're not asset managing, probably not. You know, what's the what's the investors, the LPGP, you know, split? What does, what does that look like? Is there a preferred return in there? Is there a hurdle in there and whatnot? You know, what are the transaction fees and other fees that are in, in, in place? Anyway, that's it for today. And, you know, stick with us because we're going to be dropping knowledge bombs like this all the time. Thanks for listening to the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast by the Tribe of Titans. If you're still listening, you obviously liked it. So go ahead and subscribe to the podcast, leave a five-star rating and review if you haven't already, and then make sure to check out our YouTube channel, which incidentally has a ton of video content that you'll also enjoy and learn from. Now, if you're interested in being on the show, go to our website, diaryofanapartmentinvestor.com and fill out the questionnaire on the website. And for more educational content and for more information about our educational community, check us out at thetribeoftitans.info.